As superhero movies are becoming mainstream entertainment at theaters around the world, comic fans also have plenty of heroic action on the small screen to keep them sated while waiting for the next blockbuster. We are in a golden age of superhero television shows, with plenty of offerings from both the Marvel and DC universes, and the trend shows no sign of slowing down. To chronicle these recent shows and even examine some of the classics, we are proud to present Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. In every podcast, we'll be doing recaps of individual episodes of one Marvel show and one DC show until we catch up to them or some supervillains shut us all down. My name is Scott McGregor, and I'm the fastest podcaster alive. That's what she said. And I'm Chris Tyler, one of your agents of cool. To bring you this podcast, we each have to become someone else. We each have to become something else. As a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth to protect my cousin. But my pod got knocked off course, and by the time I got here, my cousin had already grown up and become Superman. And so I hid my powers, until recently when an accident forced me to reveal myself to the world. To most people, I'm an assistant at CatCo Worldwide Media. But in secret, I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. Hi, it's another weekly heroics for you, Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV. Man, why did I pick such a long title for our show? Because it's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Uh, but it's it's a mouthful, as they say. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to be covering some more Supergirl for you. Tonight we're doing episode five and six for you from the uh, first season. So, uh, we'll kick it right over to the Hair Metal Hero. Say hi, Hero. By the way, this is my co-host, Hair Metal Hero. Hey! And if you've uh, listened to any of these by now, you know who who we are. Unfortunately. Um, (laughs) And even if you stumbled upon it accidentally, you probably saw the big honking photoshop we did with our names on it so formalities but you know so you're gonna do uh, episode five for us Shoot. uh yeah i'm gonna do that i'm gonna use the wikipedia synopsis uh for this because they seem to be not quite as long and they're easier to get through <clears throat> so uh this is episode five how does she do it We uh, open the episode with Kara taking time to uh, just sort of zip around National City, and uh, she's just doing that to relax, and there's a drone following her. She uh, follows the drone, and she uh, destroys it. She suspects that Hank Henshaw is uh, spying on her, but he denies it. Alex uh, believes him and tells Kara to trust him as well. Kara returns to work, and Wynn tells Kara that Cat Grant just received an award, except she has to go to Metropolis for the event. Kat tells Kara that her mother refused to babysit her son Carter, so Kara volunteers like the good little doobie she is. And uh, meanwhile, we cut to uh, James with uh, Lucy Lane uh, asking why she's come to National City, and she explains that it's to see him again, and uh, James ain't having any of it. (laughs) So Kara then asks James about Lucy, and James says that Lucy chose her career over him. They hear the sound of an explosion going off, and Kara races to a skyscraper. She saves it from destruction, uh, using her heat vision to weld the girders back together. Smart. And she's unaware at this time that there's another uh, drone that's watching her. Back at the Department of Extra... 
Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Extraterrestrial yeah, operations. Organizations. The DEO. Yeah. Uh, Alex tells Hank that the drone belonged to Lord Technologies. After taking care of the uh, incident at the building, Kara races off to Carter's school to pick him up. That's Kat's son again. Uh, and it's just moments after Kat has called her to uh, check in on what's go- been going on. Uh, so she's a little flustered because um, she totally forgot about picking up Kat's son. Yeah, uh, yeah Kara, uh, worst babysitter ever, pretty much in this. <laughs> or best babysitter ever. Well, you know, yeah. Carter has a crush on Supergirl, so. Who doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't usually go for blondes but she's so adorable um <laughs> where the heck did i leave off all right so we cut to lord technologies uh, where alex and hank confront maxwell lord about the drone and the bombs that have been going off uh, but max claims that his company was targeted by a shell company and is being uncooperative due to not trusting the government uh, this is prompting hank to have alex keep an eye on max lord who asks about uh, why she works for the DEO, and he also at this time explains his dislike for Supergirl. We cut back to Catco with the news of Supergirl saving the building getting Carter's attention. As he is a giant fan, Kara's impressed, and uh, she even shuts down Wynn after he makes a comment about knowing who Supergirl yeah, is. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, we uh, go back to James trying to juggle running the company while Kat's gone, while dealing with Lucy Lane at the same time. Kara calms him down, of course, because she's a good friend. And we go back to Lord Technologies, where Max get a, gets a call that a bomb is in the building, and he insists on defusing it only to make the timer speed up, which prompts Alex to call Kara. She shows up uh, dressed as Supergirl. She takes the advice out into the atmosphere. But the uh, bomb does go off, and the blast knocks Kara into the ocean. She does eventually come to, and she wakes up back at the DEO, not knowing that uh, Hank has had his uh, eyes glowing when she came to. But she also realizes that she forgot about Carter during the time that she was away. Yeah, maybe worse babysitter. <laughs> Kara returns to check on the others first by stopping to get lunch when she sees Lucy, who asks if James is seeing another person, and Kara tells her no. Lucy then tells Kara that she broke up with James because of Superman, not because of her career. God, there was some painful, soapy stuff in this one. I'm sorry. It's the, it's the CW, man. It's the CW. Yeah, you gotta, not you gotta, yet, but you take CBS it. was uh, it's the Berlantiverse. <laughs> Kara returns to the building to talk to James and advise him on how to fight for love, but James doesn't want to have his heart broken again. Who wants to have their heart broken again? Uh, Lucy returns to see James. The two talk it over, and that ends in a kiss. Isn't that nice? The DEO learns that the bombs are the work of an ex-Lord Technology employee, Ethan Knox. Uh, Alex learns that he plans to target the launch of Max's new uh, hyperspeed train, uh, and this causes uh, Max to refuse the DEO's help because of how his parents, who are both scientists, were killed due to safety conditions. Um Kara leaves Carter in Wynn's care. Smart. She heads to the train station to keep an eye on the train while uh, Wynn keeps Carter company, only to turn around to see Carter missing. Uh, so, yeah, Carter's run off to try to see Supergirl <laughs> and to see the train. Um, yeah, that's why he's there. I believe it is to see the train. Um, let's see here. Uh, it turns out there are two bombs. Another is planted at the airport where Lucy is about to take off and uh, leave again. 
Kara's fixated on tracking down Ethan as Carter is pushed onto the crowded train looking for his mother. Uh, James and the DEO head to the airport where uh, Lucy sees James and he runs towards her. When Alex and Hank arrive at the uh, airport, they're there uh, for the bomb. Hank tells her to clear everyone and orders her to leave. He then uses um, his powers to defuse the bomb. He's cheered on by the crowd and tells Alex that it was a distraction to keep them away from the train. Yeah, he says it's a it's a dud. Um, you know, a fake bomb. Mm-hmm. Clearly not the case. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Supergirl confronts Max Lord after she finds uh, Carter, and she orders him to take Carter and everyone else to another uh, train, in, uh, another car in the train after she spots Ethan, who's about to blow up the train because of his sick daughter. Um, so he's doing all this to try to get some money for her. When she tries to reason with him, Ethan follows through and starts the countdown, which leads Supergirl to disconnect the train and save the passengers. But it's too late to save Ethan, who blows himself himself to smithereens, <laughs> and uh, also the train that uh, the piece of the train that Kara disconnected uh, at the bridge crossing that it's about to go on to. Later at the DEO, Kara helps Alex defuse the failsafe from the bomb leading Kara to be suspicious. Why would there be a fail-safe in a fake bomb? Mm-hmm. Back at Catco, Cat learns that Carter has met Supergirl, but when Kara returns to ask Cat to watch him again, Cat tells Kara that it won't be happening anytime soon, and then lectures Kara. Rightly so. Kara then catches James and Lucy kissing. Ew. Uh, she also sees Max Lord on TV, and after having Wynn uh, check on some hospital records, she pays a visit to Maxwell's penthouse, where she suspects that Max Lord has not only been paying the medical expenses for Ethan's daughter, but he used the bombings and the drones as a ruse to test Supergirl. Lord denies this, but Supergirl does tell him she'll be watching him, and after she leaves, Max's true colors emerge. Dun-dun-dun! Mm-hmm. Side note on this one, uh, this episode was going to air at a certain point in the season, um, and it aired, it was going to air uh, right at about Right after the uh, the attacks in Paris happened. Oh, okay, and yeah. The, um, so uh, it did get um, reshuffled in the schedule. When you watch it uh, on Netflix or on Blu-ray, uh, they have put it back in the correct sequence. Ah, yeah, I did not know that because that's how I viewed it the first time. So <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, but they switched uh, this in the Live Wire episode. Uh, just ah. a little space between it. Um, fair enough. Um, it's another. It's another fun episode. Geez, I'm surprised some of our tens of listeners haven't pointed that out to us. Like that, the Livewire one was was out of out of whack, which they could do if they want to email us. I know. <laughs> at yahoo.com. I'm sure. I'm sure this is another show though that more people are probably glomming onto now that it's um you know streamable without commercials. On yeah, yeah. <laughs> like which my fiance did after I said no, you really need to watch this, and she watched the whole season in about two chunks. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's another good episode. Um, it does um, start delving more into some of the side mysteries that we have going on with Max Lord as a not quite Lex Luthor, um, yeah. and uh, more of the mystery of what's going on with Hank Henshaw uh, yeah. and eagle-eyed DC fans. Probably by this point have figured it out. Um, and I, b- I believe I spoiled it earlier in one of the episodes. Yeah, I mean, I, I got spoiled right in the press, I think, just reading, you know, being yeah. an idiot and being like, oh, big reveal on Supergirl stuns fans. And, of course, I'm an idiot, and I clicked on it. And 
Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, several people picked up on it right away. And by this yeah. point, um, the fact that he did defuse the bomb and told everybody to get to safety kind of let you know that he wasn't going to be a bad guy. So who else really could it have been other than one particular yeah. uh, extraterrestrial? Um, but we'll get more into that later because it is an actual uh, nice little piece of um, what's been going on in this yeah. show for the first season. Uh, again, Supergirl continues to be super. Her uh, her life is Kara, not really the greatest, uh, you know, with uh, being lovelorn and occasionally bumbling with the stuff that she's supposed to be doing in her uh, secret identity life. But, yeah, she's not multitasking all that well lately. Uh, no, uh, no, no. She really is kind of focused more on being Supergirl, which, again, if you had those powers... I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely, but then you probably shouldn't volunteer to babysit for the boss's kid. Hey, man, you, you're, you're, that, you're that executive assistant. You're trying to – you got to kiss that booty. you gotta get, oh, yeah. got to work for that cheddar, you know? you got to do what you can. Yeah, but there's no coming back from that if you screw that up. That's It's over. Well, he didn't die. <laughs> no, yeah, true, you know. And, uh, and, uh, he was happy. He, he was not upset by what happened. So, uh, But, again, Kat's uh, – you know she's she's a she's a hard nail to pin down, but uh, she's also not stupid, and she's you know she knows what she's doing. So if she is going to give Kara a tongue lashing. It's usually it would be because she actually deserves it. Um, yeah. She's not prone to just um, being a jerk for the the sake of being a jerk. There's always yeah. a reason why she acts the way she acts. Uh, we got to find out that she's not a huge fan of Lois Lane in this, too. She wanted to go rub it in her face that Lois, what? you know, first time Lois hasn't won in a while or something like that. Wait, well, you know, <laughs> that's they're building on that past of, of her being, having worked at the Daily the Planet. Planet. You know, yep. it, it, you kind of, it's it's nice that they kept that in there. It would have been easy enough to just have her be a self-made, uh, you know, person who never had any sort of beginnings with anything that goes on in the the superman universe yeah uh, but it's you know the fact that they did keep that in there is is kind of important so uh, can't complain about that uh yeah it's again uh, not the best episode of the season um uh, but no not every episode has to be the best but it's uh, one of those ones where the a plot really isn't that important it's the stuff that's going on in the background that's kind of why we're we're watching it this episode at this point uh no super villain uh, no stuff going on with the um, Kryptonian criminals or anything nope. like that. It's just a kind of a one and done with uh, just some dangling plot threads that will get resolved. Yeah, yeah. I like Max Lord as the uh, default Lex Luthor. I hope he does show up in the new season. I don't know uh, if he will or not. No but... casting announcement. Yeah, the, the yeah. change of production from LA to Canada kind of made that. Uh, difficult. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why um, Callista Flockhart is not going to be a full timer. Which, yeah. you know, that's a that's a pretty big change. I mean, that's going to be like nine months out of your year where you're you're not at home. So, yeah, I understand that. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about that on a, a recent thing we just posted a five minute freak about the Superman stuff. So that was neat. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I like uh, I like this one and. Um, you know, definitely when I was watching it uh, live, it was okay. There's going to be more stuff going on than, yeah, I mean, Hank is one thing, but all right, what's going to be the deal with Max Lord? Let's see what's going on here. It was fun seeing uh, a little more of Kat's life, too, that she has a kid. You know, yeah. she's, you almost didn't even consider that when you first meet her in the show. Um, you know, and obviously cares very much about him, and obviously her mom 
possibly doesn't, which we actually learn a little bit more about in the next episode. Um, which that man, that now that I know that this was aired out of out of sequence, it, it kind of changes the dynamic of the next one because they kind of set up, yeah, you know, uh, the, the tension between Cat and her mom in in the one you just talked about, and uh, but they really drive it home in the one I'm about to talk about, and it, it probably maybe confused people a little bit when they uh, when they first saw it, yeah, you know, live. Yeah, it's there's enough there you'd be like, huh? But I mean, overall, it really doesn't it doesn't change too much of anything. Yeah, but well, it's just a better setup. It's a more logical progression oh, yeah. of, of the relationship this way. Yep. Um, having actually met Carter in this one, because you know we you just kind of hear about him in the next one. But yeah, I, I just watched that one recently, but don't have much to add to it. It was just uh, the, they do very well in this show with economy of storytelling. I mean, not a lot of. A lot of fat to them, and you know that makes yeah, our podcasting yeah. job a yeah, lot well, easier yeah. too. But well, they they don't have time. I mean, they space out the the continuing beats just enough for each episode, and yeah. you know, usually there's not really many two two parters or what you could really consider a thematic two parter. You know, they do tell what they need to tell, and again, not every episode needs to be uh, you know an epic. You just, you know, sometimes you just got to advance the story just a little bit. And as usual, being grumpy, unlucky at love guy, uh, the soapy stuff is kind of painful to watch. But uh, uh, not being unlucky in love right now is <laughs> still painful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not alone then. <laughs> because sometimes I have to reevaluate myself. It's like, do I not like this because it's bad or it's just because I'm jealous? And it probably comes down to I'm jealous. It's because it's soap opera. Shallow that I mean, way. If we're going to be honest, though, I mean, comic books essentially are soap operas in print Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. There's always plenty of that, especially yeah. in the, the Clark and Danvers and Super Universe. Oh, yeah. And just lanes all over the place lately. I, you know, I'd be almost surprised if we don't get to meet Lois eventually. Oh, um, I'm sure it will happen. But uh, just lanes coming out of the woodwork with this next one. Uh, episode one, no, actually, season one, episode six, is called Red Faced, and uh, it's kind of literal and metaphorical. Uh, we open with Kara enjoying a relaxing fly, which is interrupting, interrupted by a call from overly concerned sister Eric, Alex, who's like, why are you flying? And her, her respite ends when she hears that an emergency, which ends up just being two guys having a dick measuring contest via road rage. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the men sadly tries to punch Carr and she injures his hand in front of the kids that she just saved who all start filming it with their phones, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the story on the news, of course, Supergirl, you know, menace, you know, menace to society. Supergirl scares children for road rage. And Kara is uh, kind of taking a task for it by uh, Hank when she reports to the DEO that she needs to, you know, control herself. And Hank reminds her that uh, people don't always, you know, with godlike powers, uh, worry some of the small folk a bit, you know, that they're going to suddenly go evil and, and wreck the world on them. But that can and happen. It can, absolutely. We, we've seen it time and time again in these stories. The point is driven home when Kara sees an interview with Max Lord, adding fuel to the fire, comparing her actions to police brutality. So we've got a nice little police brutality allegory going on here, too. James and Lucy are having breakfast uh, in apparently the only restaurant in town, because Kara's always there, too. And she breaks the news that her dad is in town and would like to meet him. Uh, James, whose balls are in Lucy's purse, apparently, meekly agrees. 
Kara is there by herself, and Lucy stops her to thank her for the invitation, uh, which she clearly knows nothing about. And James tells Kara later that uh, Daddy Lane doesn't like him because he's friends with aliens. Uh, and James reveals that he invited Lucy to game night, which Kara is definitely not happy about. So, you know, <laughs> it's our thing. Game night's our thing. Kat and her mom are talking in Kat's office. Mom's on a book tour, and she tries to get her mom to see her son Carter, but she's too busy, and it's clear that Grandma thinks that sending a check every now and then is a sufficient replacement for human contact. Mom ribs uh, Kat on the Supergirl name. Shouldn't she be Superwoman? And she uh, mentions she feels safer in Metropolis. Uh, this obviously isn't the best mom-daughter relationship in, in the world. <laughs> Alex shows up to work to talk about her dad, which is up to Kara's work, I should say, but she actually wants Wynn to hack into the D.E.O. to find about find out about Jeremiah. Wynn initially refuses, recognizing that he's committing treason if he does so. Poor <laughs> bastard. But Kara plays the daddy issues card, and the poor friend zone bastard agrees. Alex gives Wynn uh, the story you know, about Jeremiah, and uh, yeah, poor Wynn, man. Saying, you know, bust him out of prison if he gets caught there, Kara. <laughs> I can't feel too bad for him, but for you know, just for the fact that he ends up with somebody for a short period later down the line this season, who I wouldn't yeah. get out of bed for spilling crackers. Oh no! Hank calls, and the Danvers sisters are summoned to a military test site, and uh, Daddy Lane, General Lane, is there, and he and Lucy as well as his uh, legal attaché, and he says he needs Supergirl to help test a weapon, and uh, despite some protesting, Kara is told basically. Basically, the uh, president uh, has ordered her to help. And we quickly learn that the weapon is the fucking red tornado. Yep. The fucking red tornado, man. Oh, fucking yeah. voodoo magic, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> fucking voodoo magic, man. Predator 2. Oh, that's what she is. Okay, sorry. Forgot all about, <laughs> forgot all about the Jamaicans in Predator 2. <laughs> oh, my favorite scene. I, I can only remember Danny Glover. Yes. You can't see the eyes of the demon, man. Yes. I'm come calling. <laughs> Tell me, Babylon. Okay, I'll stop. In the office of Not So Solitude, she's uh, filling in James and Wynn on uh, this little uh, project she's going to be doing. Cat's mom is canceling dinner with her, uh, basically ditching her for some high society friends. Cat is stoic, but Kara knows she's upset. She takes home, uh, she takes some of her mad out on Kara and is kind of a dick. And, uh, she says that she's noticed that she's hung up on James. Everybody's noticed, apparently. Because that's the way things go. Yep. At game night, James and Lucy are kicking everyone's ass because they know each other so well and being obnoxiously affectionate. Um, mm-hmm. Lucy mentions meeting Supergirl and kind of slams her a bit. No, she wasn't exactly, you know, you, you get this impression that someone's going to be something and then they're not. And like, yeah, fuck you, Lucy. <laughs> I can't Talk to man. me when you can go fly. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't mind Lucy Wayne overall. Oh, no, no, no. Her character grows. You know, it's, it's she's kind of presented as uh, an asshole in the beginning, but yes. at the end, that's mostly from Kara's point of view, you know, that she's just not saying the things she'd like to hear, and she obviously doesn't want her with James, so... At the big fight, Alex and the army men are batting on the result, and Alex, of course, bets on her, her sister. Good girl. Uh, General Lane is being a huge dick. Red Tornado gets some uh, first good licks in with missiles and wind power, and then Kara goes all Sonic the Hedgehog on him, like, <laughs> goes underground and comes yeah. up from behind. I thought that was pretty neat. Oh, yeah. 
she starts beating the android and Dr. Morrow, its creator, t- tries to pull the plug and stop the, the fight. But Kara is working off her mat a little bit and she just keeps on wailing on it and eventually uh, and she freezes its hand and breaks it off. And she eventually causes some kind of self-preservation function to kick in, and it flies off out of control. General Lane wants it destroyed before civilians get hurt, but Morrow protests, and he's fired. Excellent job, General, you know, firing the guy that, you know, controls this killing machine that just got loose. Well done. Um, Actually, kind of the moral story of of both these episodes is be nicer to your workers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kat is yelling for Kira, as she always calls her, still being a jerk, and Kara finally stands up to her and yells back, telling her that she's mean. Uh, fully expecting to get fired, Kara instead is told to forward the phones, and Kat says, we're going, and, you know, no explanation as to where. And good little assistant just follows along. Alex goes to, because once you, you know, yelled at your boss, you pretty much do whatever she says <laughs> to save your yeah. ass. Alex goes to visit Max and brings him the android's arm to see if he can help. He refuses, but is obviously intrigued and is off doing his own research regardless. At dinner, the general is being a dick to James. Big surprise. And Lucy abandons the poor bastard to use the bathroom. And then we get a little heart-to-heart talk uh, about the android. And he also gets the you're not good enough for her speech, um, which... Props to James. He did not punch him in the face for that. But, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he probably should have. Uh, he, that, I mean, that guy's a seasoned general, though. I mean, I know this version of James is um, tall and in shape, but that guy's a seasoned general. Oh, yeah. My, my money's still on the general in that oh, case. Yeah. You know, I'm sure it still would have felt good. Um, what of to me, anyway. But James is a class act, and he rises above those things. Uh Anyway, uh, meanwhile, Cat is sucking down martinis like it's water and <laughs> dumping and dumping the poor Cara. Uh, she tells her about how important it is to not get mad at work, especially if you're a girl, despite the fact that she just kind of did it to Cara. Um, as James and company are leaving their awkward dinner, the uh, tornado shows up and James summons Kara with a handy wrist watch just in time. Another fight ensues and he creates an actual tornado <laughs> that flies off and then flies off, leaving Carl to, Kara to deal with it. Carl to deal with it before <laughs> it kills hundreds. She breaks it up by flying into it because I'm sure that. Something that works. Uh, comic science. Oh, yeah. That's sil- silver. That is silver age science. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Supergirl saves Lucy, but general asshole still gives her shit. Uh, Hank calls him out as he's realized that it, the machine was actually built to fight things like Kryptonians. It's like lined with lead. So, you know, people like Kara can't see into it. Max Lord summons Alex to talk about the android, and she arrives to find a fancy dinner prepared. Um, we get more backstory on Max's parents, and Alex actually opens up about Jeremiah. And Max tells her that the android isn't acting alone. They figure out that Morrow is still controlling it because, duh, disgruntled employee. Yeah. Um, and I just want to pause here for a second that I actually really like or liked because it probably won't happen now the chemistry between Max and Alex and I figured it was almost inevitable that they would get back get together oh, God, you know, no. almost being like polar opposites you know the whole opposites attract thing and well, he obviously had it out for her but um, the new season she saw the Twilight movie she's like no it's not happening <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, 
Where are we here? Uh, yeah, Max. Yeah, okay. Well, you find out Moro is still controlling it. Cut that out. Back at the DEO, Kara is working out with a car punching bag, which was awesome. And James is there with a regular punching bag. Sorry, James. <laughs> they do some anger therapy together, just, you know, saying what they're mad at and punching. Great way to do I wish I had something I could do that with. <laughs> car, car goes a little far, though, with it and it loses control again and basically punches the, the car across the room. Yeah, engine block clean out of the thing. Yeah. She admits that she is jealous of what uh, he and Lucy have together, and then, you know, we almost get a little more on that, but uh, saved by the bell before she dumps all of her feelings for him. And Alex briefs her, and they have a plan to find Moro. Another fight ensues uh, using General Lane, or I should say a, a hologram of General Lane as bait. Uh, while confused, um, or while the Red Tornado is confused, Kara starts shooting him with some kind of cannon device, and the brawl is on. Uh, Alex uh, confronts Moro, who says she has to kill him to stop the android, and they fight. They, they start to fight in uh, really nice parallel scenes to Kara's struggle. I thought this was really shot and edited well. And Alex is just a complete badass for hand-to-hand combat. You just oh, yeah. get <laughs> She gets the better of Moro and accidentally kills him, but the android comes back online after shutting down for a minute. And this is where I went, yes, the Red Tornado is going to be, you know, a hero. He, he's self-aware now. He's going to become a good guy. We're going to get to see him. And, well, no. No. Kara goes full heat vision on him, uh, giving her her best. She's got the best heat vision, angry face. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. No one tops it. It's, it was really it's, awesome. It's, it's hot. Yep, it is hot. <laughs> and she ultimately destroys the red tornado, which sucks because red tornado. Hey, he could come back. They could do, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, I hope so, because that's just such a nice, big-ass Easter egg for DC fans. Yeah. Lucy tells her dad to get bent, basically, and she's staying with James. Dad, of course, is still a dick. Wynn reveals to Alex that he found out about her dad and that uh, Hank was the last person to see him alive. Red eyes on Hank again as he walks down the hall. All right, let's just get to it. I think it's actually maybe next episode that we get the big reveal, um, which is, you know, just stop giving us the eyes and get there, guys. Yeah. Cat's mom is back and slamming Kara, but uh, Cat actually stands up to her and defends Kara and says she's a very good worker and I don't pay her enough. And uh, which you would think the next line would be, and I'm giving her a raise, but no, not from Cat. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, he, you don't get to have that that building <laughs> by doing that. <laughs> no, no. Kara is obviously very happy uh, about Cat defending her. You know. A glass gets broken, and after uh, Cat's mom leaves, and Kara is surprised to see that she's actually bleeding and fade to black. So, more mysteries abound. Um, dun, dun. Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a this is a fun episode. Um, uh, even with the soap opery stuff in this one too. Um, but yeah, getting to the lo- lot of good Supergirl action in this, and. Uh, yeah, Alex. Aside from the actual tornado, which was a little cheesy CGI, I mean, his effects looked really great, and I thought that this, the android in general looked really great. I said I was really upset to see him destroyed at the end of it. Yeah, but I mean, come on, it's it's DC who yeah. really stays dead, and they could easily bring him back with you know. Part of the thing is he's got to get the, uh, the the wind elemental in him. That that was the thing that made him Red Tornado. It wasn't just that he was the robot; he was the 
he got imbued with the the wind elemental. That's that's yeah. the thing. Well, maybe they'll maybe they'll go there now that they're on the CW because CW seems willing to just go full bore with the the comiciness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be good to see him back. And it was a, even a different design. A little this was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't exactly it's, off the page, but no, it was. No, but it's. I mean, they got nice. they have a TV budget. You think they? they, they yeah. I mean. <laughs> If they had the money to do it like Vision in the in uh, the Avengers, I'm sure they would have. Um, yeah, it was actually a more real, realistic design than just having basically a, a regular looking guy that's yeah. red and yellow and blue and stuff. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, so I, you know, I loved it. Yeah. I, would have, I would have liked the blue cape on him, but hey, what are you gonna do? I don't think he had the cape, right? Did he have the cape in this one? No, no, no. He has to wait till he comes back and decides to be super. Super, yeah. That, that's fine with me. Um, yeah, you know, they had a, he had a big yellow T. Very on his high chest. standards to get the tape. Yeah, you know, to get the cape. Yeah, know? he's got the big yellow T, and he's a red android. Uh, yep. It's red tornado. Yeah, I'm game, and yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just do think that was a missed opportunity. I think they should have had him go self aware and then just fly off, you know, and then then he's out there. He's self-aware, and he could be like, you know, learning humanity and shit, and show up later and yeah. be like, "Hi, remember me? I'm good now. Let's fight something." Um, yeah, I'm, it, it could still happen. So, yeah. you know, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I like this one too. Um, General Lane, he's usually portrayed pretty much like that, so I think <laughs> they nailed they nailed him. Yeah, um, yeah not the not the most um, likable guy. <laughs> to be involved with but uh he does serve a purpose um still as i said a little mad at the uh, danvers sisters uh working on poor win to commit treason for him it's just really not right guys okay it's not okay it's not it's not <laughs> but you know what he did it he did it. of course he did <laughs> he's he's a secret thrill seeker though Oh yeah, he comes off as a nerd, but he's a secret thrill seeker. Oh, absolutely, he's he's a total. You know, I mean, he's he's our kind of nerd. And you know, if we, if we could all be involved in the superhero world somewhere, I we would. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would be a sidekick. I'd be over Overwatch, whatever the fuck you I'd want. Clean your toilets. Yeah, whatever you want me to do, Superman. I would be okay. the super the superhero chef to the stars. There you go. Somebody has to do it. Yep. Um, it's my uncle's not in this, so <laughs> no, no. There the original go. Red Tornado. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of that. I, I didn't Google. I'm thinking Ma Kettle. I'm like, no, not freaking Ma Kettle. Yeah, my uncle. That's it. Yep. Yep. Right, that would be a. See, she, she. I want to see her show up on like Legends or something. Uh, the helmet did. Did it? Yeah. When <laughs> they were in the, the JSA's brownstone, it's in the oh, background. I, yep. Oh shit! I missed it. You had to go back and watch that. Now, cool. <laughs> Very cool. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, no, I like this one too. Um, again, sort of a sort of a one and done again. You know, here's your bad guy for the episode. Doesn't really, and again, doesn't this one doesn't do anything with the Kryptonian stuff going on. But it's more, a little more character building, and you know, you need that so that you can have those good payoffs when you get to later in the season. Yeah, they they strike a good balance uh, in this show with that. You know, you, you could go completely like X Files used to do a lot. I mean, they they used to go completely off mythology for a while and not even acknowledge it. But yeah, this still those are the best episodes. <laughs> usually, yeah. I mean, well, since they never freaking resolved everything, yeah. Um, but yeah, this just throws you in breadcrumbs here and there, and then builds the characters, and that's what a good show should do. So. 
Yeah. Um, I didn't even look into seeing, well, I don't know exactly what we're putting out after this one, so I'm going to stop talking about that at the end of our podcast. It will be comic book superhero related. It will be, absolutely. And I uh, hope you all enjoyed Luke Cage. Uh, it's a great great time doing that and thanks again to to luke jack and eddie for giving us a awesome little history of uh, luke in the comics on that one thank you mr jack and eddie uh he killed it he really did so i guess till uh, next week whatever next week brings us uh, this is weekly heroics weekly heroics at yahoo.com you can email us it's easy um, and it's fun to do it is, and we'll read your crap on the air. And that's uh, not crap. It's not crap. No, well, you know, your email, your finely crafted letter. I meant to say, I don't just coffee deficiency. I <laughs> but thank you, Mister Hero, once again. You're welcome, anytime. All right, stay tuned, kids. Bye now. <laughs> this is an imaginary podcast, which may never have happened. The short box showcase, but then again, may have about a father and daughter. I'm Professor Allen. And I'm Emily. Who came from Ohio and talked about comics. Walking Dead. Tintin. Black Lightning. White Tiger. It tells of their rise to glory when the great guests were yet to be booked. Let's put it this way. Shogun Warriors wasn't going to win any Eisners. And the great feats of editing not yet performed. This is Ultra 7, this is Ultraman Jack, and this Ultraman Taro, and this Ultraman Leo, and this Ultraman... Of how they spoke at length Continuity is really the brainchild of nitpicking nerds the world over. But to be fair, the best kind of confession is the Force Confession. And reviewed in brief tales that explore creatively the bounds of a given character's history. Red Sun is wonderful with a very strange ending. Of brilliant creators before their fall from grace. This is the era where Miller is at the height of his creative and artistic powers. And the ability of strong writing to encapsulate and transcend its time. Flash of Two Earths by Gardner Fox. This is an imaginary podcast. Aren't they all? Short Box Showcase is part of the Relatively Geeky family of podcasts. Check us out on the web at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search in iTunes for Relatively Geeky or Short Box Showcase. And remember... We're not experts. We're just family.